Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Welcome to Marriage Helper Live. This is Dr. Joe Beam. Hopefully you guys are hearing me today. I'll find out from my crew here in just a moment as to whether I am being heard or not. We have a, a bit of a technical difficulty going on, and we don't quite know how to fix it. <laughs> but apparently it's working today, so thank you for being with us. Let me tell you about the weekend before we get into the questions today. And oh, by the way, if you'd like to call in and talk to me, let me give you that number now. It's 657-383-0812. That's in the U.S. So the, uh, if you're dialing internationally, I think it starts with a 1 or a zero one, one, according to where you are. But the telephone number here is 657-383-0812. Now, if you want to just listen, then you can do that. But if you want to talk then as soon as you hear that answer, press the number one, and it puts you in the queue to be interviewed by our call screener. And then that hopefully can get you to me and we can talk to each other. But just before I take the first call, let me tell you about this past weekend in our Marriage Helper Online Workshop. You understand that, uh, of course, what's happening over the, the pandemic and the virus all over the world is that gatherings of people are being discouraged, and I buy into that. I think it makes sense. Let's do what we can to get rid of this pandemic as quickly as we can. And so we have started doing an online version of our intensive three-day workshop for marriages that are having troubles. We've been doing the uh, the in-person version for 21 years, and continuously see a tremendous amount of success with people being able to salvage their marriages, fix their problems, make their marriages good again. Not perfect. I don't think anybody has a perfect marriage, but good marriages and go on from there. And so because of the pandemic, we decided we would try it online. The first one we did a couple of weeks ago with tremendous results. And then did another one this past weekend, one that just ended a couple of days ago, and again with tremendous results. And so if you've been wanting to come to one of our workshops, but it has been difficult because of the fact that, you know, it's too expensive to get to Middle Tennessee, hotel room, uh, airfare, plane, I mean, uh, uh, food, all those other kind of things, then now you can save all of that money, all of that money by doing it online. And so if you call us at our office, and that's, uh, let's see, I always forget the toll-free number. I'll give that again later because I'm sure one of our team is going to text it to me. But right now, uh, I'll just give you the regular number here in America, and that's 615-472-1161. That's 615-472-1161, and you can find out more about our workshops there. Or contact us through marriagehelper.com. That's marriagehelper.com. And as always, if you're not ready to go to that yet, then go to youtube.com slash marriagehelper, all big one long word there. And you can find hundreds, hundreds of videos that we have done. And we'll hope you to help you with those, plus the things you find on our website. And here's the toll-free number if you want to call to find out about these online workshops we're doing. By the way, we're doing right now one every weekend and then they're filling up rapidly. So we're having to move to the next weekend or the next weekend. So if you and your spouse would like to be part of that, then call us at 866-903-0990. That's a toll-free number, 866-903-0990. And we're doing something with the online version we have never done before because I don't think it would work in the in-person version. But I think it'll work beautifully. And we're going to be doing the first one starting Friday of this week. We're doing a solo spouse online workshop, which means that if your spouse won't come with you, if your spouse won't participate with you, you can still be part of our workshop. And we've never done that before. And it's a workshop specifically for the solo spouse who wants to save the marriage. So in addition to coming with your spouse to be part of this marriage, uh, or be part of this uh, workshop, I should say, you can also come as an individual to the special workshops we're doing for the solos. And again, you can find that out by calling our office at the number we've already given and uh, contacting us through marriagehelper.com or any way you wish. 
Now, that toll-free number again is 866-903-0990. Okay, let's go here to the first call today. We're going to go over to New Mexico and talk to Ryan. Hi, Ryan. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking my call. You're very welcome. How may I help you, my friend? Well, so uh, a quick rundown. Um, Early February, uh, my wife had mentioned that the attraction was gone. Um, And very slowly, she started to open up about that. Um, She's, uh, it was some of the physical attraction, as well as the emotional. Um, um, she said she, she at one point she, she lost herself in just being mom, being wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then uh, recently she wanted to move out um, due to the anxiety from my emotions and how I was taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually had a few sessions with uh, uh, one of your coaches um, that helped out tremendously. Um, I feel like we've had a really good couple of weeks and to the point where, um, and, and during all this time we were, we were having, uh, sex and a good time and the kids were around. Um, but it's now come out that she's, she's angry with the changes that I've made, um, physically. Um, she's still working through her emotions on how to, how to love me again. Can you help me understand um, something? When you say that she's angry with the physical changes you've made, what does that mean? Well, for she's always been very fit. And um, not that I was obese, but I need her to probably lose about 40 pounds. And I've since February, I've actually lost right at 40 pounds. Um, mm-hmm. And so she says, you know, why now? Why, I've asked you before, and you haven't done this. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I didn't have a good excuse. <laughs> Uh, no, there's was no the, reason to have an excuse for that. All right. So uh, how are things today? So um, things are fine. We're fine around the house. Um, but the other day she mentioned that um, she's, she's struggling with her emotions and she just wants to be um, sex friends. And, and I don't know just how to take to that. I'm, I'm sorry. She just wants to be what I didn't sex, hear. Sex friends. Sex you know, we have been having sex, but I've, I've brought more of the emotion, you know, the kissing and more of the mm-hmm. intimate part of it. Mm-hmm. And she kind of seems to just want to do it for uh, maybe the physical release. Sexual I, release. I don't, I don't okay. know. I understand. Sure. Sexual release, it makes sense. So let me tell you something. I'm going to not tell you something. I'm sure <laughs> I can't talk today, Ryan. What I want to do is ask you something. Uh What's pulling her away from you? Is there anything else out there, anybody, anything that's leading her away from you that you know of? Nothing that I, that I know of. Um, mm-hmm. I know one of her coworkers uh, just finalized a divorce actually yesterday. Um, a female or a male coworker? And they co-worker? seem to be talking, a male coworker, um, and she's two years older. Um, she had been talking to him and was... Um, she didn't tell me about it for a long time. Okay. So she's been um, hiding her communication with him. So how do you feel about the fact of making love with her? If she doesn't want to be involved in the emotional part? Um, well, I've always told her that um, that was something that was more than just physical to me. It was my way of connecting mm-hmm. with her. And mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't want to, uh, you know, for the recommendations of, of my, my coach didn't want to, pour on extra emotions onto what she's feeling and push her away. So I've kind of just kind of sat back and been just kind of thinking about how do I want to go forward? Mm-hmm. Knowing that she and do just you know? this physical part of it. Do you have a, do you have, What's that? do you know how you want to go forward? I, I do. I, I do. Okay. Um, but, but I'm not talking about in terms of the two of you. I'm talking about in terms of the fact that right now she's emotionally distancing herself from you, but right now she still wants to make love to you. Well, or at least have sex with you. We can phrase it that way. Are you willing to continue that? Um, yes. In, in hopes that the emotional part will follow. Yes. Okay. Let me give you some things to think about then my friend. And that's this. There are advantages. There are advantages to you having sex with each other. 
And one of those is that at orgasm, and it's your orgasm, her orgasm, it doesn't matter if it's the male or the female, whenever a person, a human being orgasms, there's a chemical released into the body, actually in two ways, one through the autonomic nervous system and the other into the bloodstream as a hormone. And this oxytocin is released as a bonding chemical. And so the fact that you are having sex with each other at this point, I'm assuming that she doesn't call it making love based on what you described so far. But the fact that you're having sex with each other can, can actually increase the bonding between the two of you. Now, I want you to be careful, though, as you think about that, you're saying, okay, I hope that it leads to this. I I can understand that. And there is a possibility that it may. But one thing you need to understand is that it may not. And so if you're having sex with her and you're doing it only for the purpose that you think somehow it's going to bring you back together, then at some point, if that does not work that way, you're going to wind up resenting it. And so, Ryan, I suggest that you think through very carefully, am I willing to do this knowing that it's a possibility of bringing us back together, plus it does give you some relief as well as it does hers, sexual release that, that human beings, adult human beings need. But just be wary of the fact that in and of itself, it may not do what you want it to do. Now, if you can keep your head about it and think about it that rationally, then I recommend that you do. But with everything we say, it's always your decision. I will never tell you what to do. Our coaches must not ever tell you what they do, what to do. And if one of them ever does, you let me know, because that's not what we do. We don't tell people what to do. We help you by asking questions. We help by teaching. We help you by helping you think things through. But ultimately, it always has to be your decision, not ours. But I would suggest if it, if it feels good to you that you keep making love, it'll be that on your side. It won't be that on her side for a while. And it does have a possibility. But please, please don't get uh, totally upset if it doesn't work like you want it to. And now we're going to move over here to Michigan, and we're going to talk to Monica. Uh, Monica. I can't talk today, Monica. I'm so sorry. How may I help you? Hi, Mr. Bean. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. How are you, Monica? I'm doing okay. I had a quick question. Um, my question was, when enough is enough mm-hmm. when it comes to a marriage? Um, I've been married for 12 years, um, and we recently di- divorced um, last year. Um, it's going to be about seven months now. Um, both parties, we married very young, very, very young, 19, 20 years old. Didn't really mm-hmm. know the world very much. And um, we have um, children together, and uh, both parties had infidelity. Me, myself, I um, um, had a lot of brokenness within me. And so um, I, years later about it, um, turned my life around and never went back ever since. Um, for him, he ended up, um, had, um, an affair and, um, it prolonged for about a good two years and, um, things did not go very well. Um, he was in the seminary trying to become a pastor and things just went downhill from there. Um, Mm -hmm. things didn't go very, very far. We ended up filing for a divorce. But what he mentioned was he wanted to file a divorce to restart the covenant again, to redo mm. the covenant. Mm. Um, so I, I was waiting. Um, I've been in um, therapy for about a good three years now, trying to cope with the infidelity that has caused in my marriage and why I did it. And um, it mm. traced back to sexual abuse. And um, i literally trying to find myself. But um, my question to you is when enough is enough, um, there's been a lot of controlling aspect, um, physical abuse, mental abuse, and we no longer live in the same home, but our children want us to be together. Our families Mm -hmm. want us to be together. For the sake of the ministry, they want us to be together. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, we do not trust each other, not for one second. So has the abuse um, so, in, in both directions then? Have you been abusive toward him like he's been abusive toward you? Um, I would say like verbal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've said a lot of hurtful words. I've said a lot okay. of hurtful things for sure. 
So you guys kind of had a toxic relationship going on there. And you've been divorced for how many months now? Um, Seven months now. Okay. And does he have any interest, as far as you know, any interest at all in trying to put things back together the right way? Um, He wants us together. However, the right way is I have to be able to deal with what he's doing. For instance, he will have female friends. He will continue on having relationships. He will have feel like that boundary um, that you Okay, so when you say he will continue having relationships, you mean he'll continue to have friendships or he'll continue to have relationships? What does that mean? Well, um, I guess you can say like he he would want me to accept um, whether he tells me or not. For him, he feels like um, even if he has a relationship with a female that he's trying to help he likes to do acts of service a lot. So um, because so he, he's talking about, it's, he's not talking about having sex with the other people, is he? No, no, no. Okay. No. But he's it, saying he's not, he's not going to be regulated where he couldn't do ministry with another person because of your objections. Is that what you're saying? Right. However, I would want him to be open. Say if he needs, mm-hmm. uh, if someone needs help, if someone needs this and that. I got it. Hey, Here's my question for you, know. Monica. Here's my question for you. Are you a controlling person? No, not at all. Um, Does he feel like you're a controlling person? um, I haven't heard him say anything about me being controlling. Okay, I'm just trying to understand his reasoning for the fact that he'd say, I'm going to keep doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing but I'm not going to be telling you about it. And, and I'm trying to take, figure out why, why would he not want to discuss it with you? Why would he not want to be open? And typically, typically the reason would be is because of the fact that I think that you're going to somehow try to control or dominate what I do, but you're saying that's not how he feels as far as you know, correct? To me, I felt like if both parties were, um, were, um, were not, um, into, not intimate, but, both parties have broken the marriage. Both parties mm-hmm. should be able to show how trustworthy one another is. So if I'm working hard, letting you have my phone, if you need to know where I'm at, if you needed to track my phone, if I'm doing that every day mm-hmm. and, make, and showing him that I, mm-hmm. I am open to redoing the, the relationship, right. I think that should be. If to put this back together, then it's going to have to be just like that. There's no doubt about it. So that that you can feel trust toward him and him feel trust toward you. But if there's some reason that he's doing that, okay. And there is some reason. I just don't know what the reason is. Obviously, for example, sometimes when people don't want to be accountable like that, it's because of the fact that they're doing things they don't want their spouse to know about. Hmm, And that's not a good sign. Sometimes when people refuse to be accountable with things like that, it's because they just want to be so blooming independent that nobody ever has any control over me. That's a different animal. Some people do it because of the fact that it's like, I won't be able to function because you're going to act like my mom and, and I can't do that. So whatever the reason is, if it's on that one end that I started with, where it's like, I don't want you to know what I'm doing because I'm doing something that you won't like, then, then that ain't going to work. If you'll allow me to use a Southernism here, because it's going to have to be, well, how can you trust him? But if on the other hand, the reason that he's reticent to do it is because he feels like he's going to be controlled, dominated in some fashion. It's still just as bad, but just in a different direction because you still can't put it back together. You say, how long is enough? You know, how long is it? When is enough enough? Only you guys can decide that you and him, both of you together. But if you choose If you choose to put it back together, I think that you're going to have to sit down, in my opinion, and and of course, I'm just giving my opinion here. In my opinion, you'll have to sit down with a third party, a neutral party who knows what he or she's doing to plan out how that would be so that he can feel free to do his ministry. But at the same time, you have the security that you need. And it may not be easy to figure that out. I don't mean it might not happen in one one hour session. It may be that you guys are going to talk through a lot of things and get through a lot of things. But if you can find a way where you can have security, but he can also feel free to do ministry, then you can put it back together. And now, generally speaking to everybody else out there, if you ask that question, well, is there ever a time to end it, to give up? We typically say that people don't leave a relationship, and we'll talk about marriage specifically here. People don't leave a marriage unless they believe what they're going to is better than what they have. 
And so if you're saying, well, when should I finally give up? When should I finally move on? I think it's when you make a decision that, you know, (laughs) what I'm going to is better than what I have. And so if you're living in misery, if you're still being hurt by the other person, if, if the anger is just tearing you apart, all kinds of things. But it's so negative to keep here where you are that, that it's, it's becoming destructive to you. Not just that it hurts. Hurt's going to happen. But it becomes destructive. It becomes damaging to you or it becomes damaging to your children. And the only way you can stop that damage to you and or your children is to finally say, I'm moving on. And then you do. Now, that's not what we hope people do. We exist in trying to help people solve their problems and put their marriages back together. But sometimes you have to make that decision if it's just so damaging to remain in the situation that you're in. Not pain. Pain's part of life, but damage. And so if it's damaging you, sometimes you have to make that decision. I've I've got to change. Now, that does not mean the marriage can't be put back together. But it does mean you have changed the way you're viewing it. Because you are deciding to move on with your life. And believe it or not, we have seen a lot of marriages actually start putting back together after that decision is made by the one who's been standing. Now, hear me very carefully. I'm not saying that you move on because it's a tactic to somehow manipulate your spouse into wanting to come back. If you you do it that way, if you try to make that a tactic, it's going to blow up in your face. It's going to turn out very, very badly. We're not talking about something to, to manipulate the other person. I'm just saying that if the situation that you're in is so damaging to you, or your children, that you have to end it, then end it and move on with your life. But please still be open, please. Obviously your choice, but please still be open that if something happens so that your spouse has a turnaround, that you still will consider putting it back together. But it's not something you're living for every day like most standards are about how do I make this work. And so if, if I'm, I'm hoping I'm making sense with that, I really do hope I'm making sense of that. All right. So now we're going to go to Arizona and we're going to talk to Chantel. How are you today, Chantel? I'm good. How are you? I am rocking and bopping. What can I do for you? <laughs> um, I just have some questions. So I um, discovered that my husband's been in an affair since November. He hasn't admitted to it with a coworker and he kind of shared some information with me about a month ago about um, he just felt like I never put him first. He um, felt like I hurt him because I wasn't there when he needed me. And then he kind of shared some, you know, sexual frustration, I think, led him to feel unloved. And I know you talk a lot about in addition to the pies, like kind of addressing those core issues of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not sure kind of how you even address that, that piece. Cause I feel like there's this huge wall of that hurt and, you know, obviously the pool of this other woman. So I'm kind of stuck mm-hmm. there. So the things that he talked about, the, the hurts, the frustrations, did, did they make, did they sound to you like they were real or did they sound to you like they were part of his excuse for what he's doing? You know, he kind of cried a little bit to me because I'm pregnant. I'm doing two weeks with our second baby. So he kind of <laughs> cried a little bit when he talked about it. And I could tell there was some true emotion there. I think okay. part of it is, is just kind of, like you said, the justification and part of it. I feel like when I look back in hindsight in November, he tested me a little bit. On like, you know, asking for sex and things like that and me rejecting. I had a miscarriage earlier this year, so I was kind of in a, a dark spot oh, emotionally, so which sorry. I think kind of created this this distance between us before this baby. So I know that there was some walls, you know, emotionally from me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of this was all kind of thrown on me after, you know, I discovered the affair and all of this. It's mm-hmm. all kind of his, his, you know, when he first expressed his dissatisfaction, I kind of saw him pulling away, correlated directly mm-hmm. to when this affair with the coworker started in November, so what, late November. Why do you think he was telling you about these things? You said, it, you know, relatively recently he was telling you about those things. Why? What led him to do that? Um, I just kind of, I was doing really good with smart contract in the night and like around February 12th, I kind of blew up on him a little bit because I could just, I just kind of lost it. I was like, you know, if you're not happy, you can go, you know, and he's like, I don't have a plan. I just, I'm not happy. I want to be happy. We don't have fun. He just kind of threw, you know, all of that rewriting of history out there. And then the biggest piece he shared with me is like, I don't know. I told him, you know, we have two little girls to think about. And he's like, I just don't know. You know, you hurt me. You've never put me first. I was depressed because we made a move. Arizona from California so we have no support here so I know that was hmm. a huge trigger for him with some work frustration so he was like okay but I've somehow I missed the answer here Chantel I'm missing the answer why why did he tell you these things if you said that I didn't catch it I'm not sure I'm, I don't know if it's 
I don't know why he shared that with me. I don't know if it's because I, I left the house frustrated. And when I came back, we, we talked about, and he's like, and he just decided to share why he was unhappy. I'm not sure why he chose to share that with me. Is that what you're asking? Okay. 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 That's fine. I just thought that well, that might be some specific reason, but there isn't always, there's an always. And so you, you heard these things and, and you believe that he's telling you the truth about that. So how can I help you with this? What, what is it, the, the specific question that you have? I just know you talk a lot about like if there's controlling behaviors to work on those and show consistency and change. But my thing is, you know, I've, we are living in the same house. There's been no talk of separation stuff. And I kind of feel like I'm just waiting for the bomb to explode to see what he does when the baby gets here. He's fully hmm. a trans in this affair, you know, all the typical limmer and stuff going on, you know, the distance and things like that. But he's mm-hmm. not, there's not a lot of vilification. So I'm just like, do I just not even address the hurt? We don't talk anything emotional. And my husband's a very emotional person. So we don't talk anything emotion about this hurt or anything. Do I just let that ride until we continue building those positive emotional connections? Like, it's not like a control thing where I'm like, okay, I can work on my control issues, for example, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, it's like, one quick how do you address question. that? Okay, one quick question first. Uh, it, is he leaving the house to go see this woman? Yeah, they work together. So he spends all of his quarantine time with her right now. Uh, I guess I'm talking about, do you think they're having time together? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's still living in your house, but he's sleeping in her bed at least some, that kind of thing? He's home at night, but, like, he's gone all day with her on the weekends. During the day, he's with her. Like, he finds ex- he doesn't tell me he's going with her. He makes excuses, but he's with her. But he's home every night. Okay. Yeah. But but still very actively and physically and emotionally involved with her is what I'm hearing you say, correct? Correct. Okay. All right. All I can do is give you suggestions, Chantel. Obviously, you, you make your own decisions. You sound like a very intelligent young lady. I, I think that sometimes you have to stop and ask yourself this question. What is it I expect to accomplish? And if it's like, okay, do I bring these things up? Do I try to talk about them? Those kinds of things. What do you expect to accomplish? If the conversations are open and honest and it's not all accusatory, because what I heard was he basically was like, this is how you made me feel, Chantel. This is what you did, Chantel. This is what you didn't do, Chantel. And that's, if, if that's the way it went, if it really was like that, then that's not really a good conversation because it's him being accusatory toward you. And I don't know what you or he gained by that. Either one of you would gain by that. And so I would suggest if there are conversations where he's willing to openly talk about it and talk about it reasonably without it all being your fault, all being his fault, anything else, where you honestly can talk about the issues, then, yeah, talking about it is great. But but if it's primarily one-sided kind of thing where he's just going to tell you what's wrong with you and et cetera, I don't know how that benefits you since you've already heard that one time or probably more than once, but you've already heard that. So I don't know how it benefits you and I don't know how it benefits him other than if he says it more, it just convinces him more that he's right. And so, and and, and you seem also to me a person that uh, you're sensitive. Am I correct? I am. Yeah. And he is too very much. Okay. Okay, that's good. I'm I'm not trying to make him out as evil. <laughs> I'm just saying that when no, you're having those kind of conversations where he's attacking you, whether he realizes he's accusing you or not, those are not very helpful conversations. So how do you deal with this? Well, obviously you could tell him to get out. I mean, that's your option. Uh, he probably need the help though, since you got the second baby coming and and have had issues before. And so my suggestion is be as warm and friendly as you can. Be as open as you can, but don't try to lead him into those conversations. Let him lead into the conversations. And and if in those conversations he becomes accusatory, I'd recommend that you do something like this. I'm not giving you direct quotes, just an idea would be, okay, I'm, I, I'm appreciative of, of hearing what you really think or feel. Thank you. But, you know, it, it's a, it's kind of a damaging thing to me to keep hearing all the things I did wrong. So if you want to talk about those things, that's fine. But could you please find a way to do it without appearing to accuse me? And either he will exceed, uh, he will acquiesce to that and you'll have good conversations or he won't. But you don't have to stay in conversations where he's continually saying negative things about you. And so I recommend that because of your sensitivity and his sensitivity, that you gently intervene and say, let's keep talking, but can we find a different way to approach that? Does that make any sense to you whatsoever? 
does, and I just, I don't know if I maybe misconstrued this a little bit because we doesn't continue to badger about that same conversation. It's like we had that conversation and then everything's cordial because I, I have a coach and everything. So I feel like I'm really good at the smart contact and all of that. But it's like, do we just let all this emotional stuff ride out? He, he, we're not in a position where I know he would openly talk about the affair. So we don't even go there because I've heard you talk mm-hmm. to a lot of people, you know, what are you going to gain from that? Right. Just the validation of what you already know. So do I just kind of ride this out and continue having those positive interactions and acknowledge I've already done the acknowledgement part about the hurt piece and I really can't fix it per se right now. So am I just writing this out till he shares some more things with me essentially? Is that if it what were you I, recommend? If it were I, I would. You have to make your own decision about that. But the fact that he's still in the home, even if he doesn't want to be, but he's there, that's a good thing. The fact there's another baby coming, all I, I think that if, well, I just think if it were I, yes, I would write it out. But Chantel, that really has to be up to you based on what you can handle or you can go through. And and nobody knows that other than you. And so now we're going to go to the state of Texas. And is it pronounced uh, Phaedra? No. How, how do you pronounce your name, please? Yes, it's, it's Phaedra. Okay, Hello? Phaedra. Great. Yes. How may yes. I help you? Hi, Dr. Beam. How are you? I am doing quite well. How may I help you, my friend? Okay, I uh, I have divorced in, in March, and I listened to a lot of your program, and I'm just want, curious to know, after three years, you decided to go back to your family. What type of process, thought process, uh, um, what led you back? Is it just, uh, I'm just want to know how to pray, uh, even if I should continue to pray. Well, I'm always for praying. <laughs> I'm all for that. It, ours is a little bit of a unique situation. Well, it went like this. I, I left Alice for another woman and divorced Alice so I could marry the other woman and be happy ever after with her. And as happens with almost all of those situations, it doesn't turn out like that. So I never did wound up marrying the other person. The reason when the thing fell apart with the other reason, uh, other person, the reason I didn't go back immediately was because to justify all the things that I was doing, I had so vilified Alice that I'd convinced myself she was just a bad person. That was a bad marriage. It was all bad. And why in the world would I go back to that mess? I had convinced myself that much. And so when the thing fell apart with the other woman, I went off and pursued a bunch of other things. Alice, in the meantime, uh, stood strong. She stood strong with me about what she was going to get in a divorce. I mean, she wasn't mean. She wasn't vicious, but she didn't let me run over her. And she stood strong from that point on. And Alice actually began to develop into a, even a better human being than she was before. I mean, she was she was really good before, but I convinced myself otherwise. But she became even a better human being. She worked outside the home for the first time, and she did quite well at that. And she did other things. And finally, because she accepted the fact that I wasn't coming back, she started moving on with her life. And it, it was that point, the fact that what we talk about is this, you know, there are pushes and there are pulls. And... And what had pulled me away from Alice was that other woman. She didn't push me away. She certainly wasn't perfect, but she didn't push me away. It was that other woman that pulled me away. And now Alice is pulling me back because of the fact that I'm seeing all the, the strength in her. She's becoming even more effective as a human being. She's becoming more awesome is another way to say that than she was before physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, what we call the pies. Now, she wasn't doing that just to get me back. She was doing that for her own self. And like I said, she finally started dating this other guy, and that was going really well. That's not what made me want to come back to her, the fact that she was dating another guy. It was the continued improvement in her. And finally, I had the realization that, well, you know, we always say people don't leave what they have unless they believe what they're going to is better. I finally realized for my beliefs, my morals, the person I used to be, the faith I used to have in God, the love I have for my children, et cetera, et cetera. It's better to be with her than to be where I am now doing what I am now doing. And so that's what pulled me back toward her. And so when I asked her if she would take me back, she had to think about it. (laughs) She spent a couple of weeks talking to religious leaders and all of her family and everybody else about, should I take Joe back or not? So it wasn't a slam dunk. And so if you're going to pray, I suggest you pray like this. Father, uh, help me become the best me I can be. Not just because I want to put my marriage back together. 
help me be the best I can be because that'll maybe give me the best life I can live and, and the most effective thing I can do for others. And if you're going to pray for him, pray for it, bring him to his senses. I don't know that God makes people do things. I think that God creates situations. And so sometimes you just pray, Lord, create a situation that'll bring my spouse to his senses or her senses. Would you do that? And so rather than God just reaching inside of them and doing something to their mind, God works around them and the environment and the people around them, the, the situations, the occurrences they go through. And that's what I think works best for prayer. That was a kind of a long answer to a short question there, Phaedra. Did I mess up? <laughs> did I make no, it a little confusing? No, you did perfectly. You did perfectly. That is where the direction I kind of really need to focus on, and which I have been, but, you know, it's Good. still hard. We were married 30 years. <laughs> I understand. He, he thinks the other woman is was the best thing for him, but he was having, mm-hmm. I think, some personal things. But I will continue to pray for him, and I will um, do the things to uplift myself. Good for you. Good for you, young lady. Thank you so much for your time. Right. Thank you. <laughs> I like that lady. She's very nice. Looks pretty sharp to me, too. Okay, let me come down here. And I believe, let's say we're going to go to... Uh, Tina in Massachusetts. Hi, Tina. How are you today? Hi. Good. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome. Yes. So um, the situation that I have is pretty similar to a lot of people, I think. I found out that my husband having a relationship affair at work uh, just three weeks ago. Um, hmm. is one of his employees that he just hired like less than a year ago. Um, hmm. So I found out when we were away, um, I was in Boston and, and he was in the vacation home that we had. So we have like about two hours apart. I found out late at night and I was so upset. I sat for like two hours trying to sleep. I couldn't sleep. So I went to confront him but not without anger or rage or anything. I just want to find out why and the reason. So, so we get to talk um, of what's happening. And it seems like we connected in, in terms of understanding each other's feelings and try to find out what went wrong. So mm-hmm. in the past three weeks, we have been separating on and off. So, so he no longer lives with me in Boston, but um, we will meet at our vacation home over the weekend, and, and during the week he will go and, and stay with his lover. Hmm. But um, I am, I've been very confused, but I work on my tie. I try to mm-hmm. improve myself physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, like what you said, mm-hmm. and it has been helping me. I, mm-hmm. I caught myself smiling and feel good about myself in the past week or so. Good and um, during the during the the marriage counselor um, session last night, I actually said my feeling about about the, the marriage and what I want to do. I actually said to him that I feel like the only focus that I have right now is myself, and I want to be the best of myself. Good. And I want to be able to love the way that I can love anyone. So for mm-hmm. now, I really focus on that. And, and, and then we ended the session. He went to take a shower and come back to me and say that he was really hurt when he heard me say that, that, mm-hmm. that he's no longer part of my goal, but he understood mm-hmm. that I have every right to do things for myself. And then he told me that he's secretly wishing that we can come back together. But in mm-hmm. the same time, I just don't have any any signal or any sign, any mm-hmm. assurance that he will commit to the family, especially like mm-hmm. now we're expecting a son, our first son, in June, and we still don't have any concrete decision of what he wants to do. And I, right. I feel like I, I, I really, I'm really truthful to myself that I want to be the best person I can be. Mm-hmm. I want to be the so best myself and the best mother. How long has it been involved with this other person? You may have said, but I didn't catch it. How long? Oh, so they have been emotionally um, attracting to each other since October, but it did not become physical until January. So it has been four months. 
three months okay. now that they have okay. been having sexual relationship as well. Yeah. Well, the good news now, Tina, is this. The fact that he still has some desire, some wishes, I think you used the word wish that he wished, the fact that he still has some desire, some kind of wish that possibly things could work out with you, the fact that he's actually, you know, interacting with you with a marriage counselor, those kinds of things, uh, you know, he could be doing that just to go through the motions, but but what you're saying that he said leads me to believe that he's vacillating between the two of you. This limerence thing is so blooming powerful. I mean, it's just extremely, extremely powerful. And so that could lead a person back again and again and again, even when they don't want to go. One of the characteristics of limerence is quite often the case, not always, but quite often the case in limerence is the person feels like they have no control over themselves. I can't control my emotion. Yet there's a part of him that still wants to be with you. At least that's what he said last night. There's a part of him that still wants to be with you, yet he's still involved with her. That's as confusing as it can be. Now, because of that, getting him to make any kind of commitment that you can actually count on right now would be tough. You say, well, what do you mean? Because those emotions are still so much in flux, you know, moving this way, moving that way, then moving this way, then moving that way, that, that at any given moment, if he says, I really want my marriage, and you say, okay, commit to that, it's almost like the next moment. It's not the exact next moment, but a little while later, he's going to have these overwhelming limerent emotions that, are pulling him, that, that pull him the other way. And I know that's frustrating, and I know that if you don't want to put up with that, you have the right to go ahead and file for divorce and get rid of the guy. That's your choice if that's what you wish to do. But when there's still vacillation, if you can recreate relationship, what I mean by that is if you can make it a safe place, I'm glad you're doing all those pies and things. That sounds awesome, Tina. Very impressive. Very impressive. But if you guys can mind having these conversations, but you can't force these conversations. You have to allow them to occur. You cannot manipulate them to happen or they'll backfire on you. But if and when, like, like if he says that thing last night, that sometimes I find myself wishing and I find myself hurt that I'm no longer part of your goal, then that's the opportunity when you want to say things like, I'd like to understand more about what you're thinking. I'd like to understand more about what you're feeling rather than saying, well, it's too late for you, buddy, or whatever else you just, you encourage him to talk more. Now, when he does, if you, when those conversations can occur, please don't attack him. Please don't accuse him. Please don't throw things back in his face because if you do any of those things, he's going to stop being honest and open. But if you can say, okay, help me understand that more. I see, you know, if I were to help with that, how could I do that? And let him tell you that. If I were to help you with this, what would I need to do? And if you can develop that, here's what will happen. He will begin to rely on you as his best friend, even if he doesn't feel that way about you right now, because people need people to talk to. Now, when a person is in such full-fledged limerence that they can't think about, even comprehend talking to anybody else, it's always going to be the affair partner that they talk to. But the situation that you're describing here is that he is at least to some degree opening up with you. And so if you ask questions, not accusatory questions, not manipulative questions, but honest, genuine questions and listen and try to understand, even when you don't like what you hear, you try to understand if you can do that. Okay. Then in that situation, you can actually move this thing where that he moves further away from her and closer to you. And finally, that limerence is at some point going to end. So in the situation you're describing, Tina, I kind of feel like that uh, you're in the driver's seat. Now, it may not feel that way to you, but it sure sounds that way to me. And that's what I recommend that you do. Okay. Now, let's see here. Uh, I've just been told I need to come to this call over here. And so let's go down to uh, Florida. And let's talk with Jackie. Hi, Jackie. How are you today? Hi, Dr. Beam. How are you? I am calling because I, uh, my husband and I attended um, the this past weekend's online workshop, and I just wanted to say for those that are doubting it, do it. It was amazing. Um, I didn't know how my husband was going to, you know, how he was going to react and if he was really going to pay attention with something virtually. But the way you guys had it set up was great. It flowed wonderfully. You were amazing. Yeah, the the counselors were amazing on there. Sorry, the coaches. Your wife is so adorable. And I did say she's freaking amazing, and she still is. (laughs) 
So I just wanted to share that for anyone having doubts on it being virtually and not being the same. I had that same doubt, but I honestly just recommend it to anyone that can get their wandering spouse to partake because it was great. You guys set it up wonderfully. Uh, Jackie, you just made my whole week here because we <laughs> exist to help, and it sounds like we did, we were helpful, and, and that makes me very, very happy. Thank you. So you're encouraging anybody out there that uh, uh, can't get to the in-person one, obviously, right now, that you think the online sure. version goes really well. Absolutely. I mean, it, it was only the second time, I believe, that you guys had it set up that way after so mm-hmm. many years of it you know, being live, but mm-hmm. um, it worked out great. It worked out great. The breakouts, just everything was just awesome. And I, you got him to really, really pay attention. And that awesome. was important. And it is important to me and to us. I really do appreciate this call. You're so kind and gracious to do this. Thank you, Jackie. And, uh, and again, I'm telling you, you made my day. I remember you well, young lady. The one cool thing <laughs> about doing the online workshop when I'm doing the in-person workshop, you know, because people are all sitting in different places, I'm looking at that side of the room and talking, and then later at that side of the room. And the online workshop, everybody's on my screen the whole time. And so I get to, I actually feel closer to you guys. So I remember you well, young lady. And I really do appreciate you being in that workshop. And I really very much appreciate you saying these kind words for other people to hear that were unsolicited. We didn't ask you to do this. You did it on your own. No, so you did thank not. You so no, much. you did not. But I said, you know what? I've been, I've been meaning to call. And now that I felt like I've gotten to know you and that you're truly just as amazing as you sound and you are on your videos. I just mm. wanted to, to, to share that, to share that with everyone and what you guys do. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate everyone there at Marriage Helper because what you guys are doing is phenomenal. Really bless you guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And you have a wonderful day. Anything else we can do for you, Jackie? You let us know, okay? Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care. Wow. That was a surprise. I got a text from one of our team telling me, you've got to go take that call. And, and so I do what my team tells me to do. And that was very, very touching for me to hear that from Jackie. Uh, what a wonderful thing to hear. But you see, that's why we exist. We really do our best. We, we really want to try to help in every way we can. And as we tell people in the workshop, you know, we're not going to manipulate you to, try to stay married. We're not going to try to manipulate you in any shape, fashion, or form. It's your decision. It's your right. We're going to teach you a whole lot of information, but it's your decision what you do about your marriage. And we do share a whole lot of information in those three days. We really do. But we care. We absolutely care. And we tell them at the end of the workshop, if you choose not to be together, if you choose to end this marriage, we still care. And if there's anything we can do for you ever, you let us know. So now let's go over to Arkansas and let's talk to Misty over there. Hi, Misty. How are you today? I'm, uh, I'm fine. Doesn't sound like you're feeling very good there, Misty. Oh, I'm okay. Um, okay. I'm doing fine. What you, okay. What may I do for you? Well, I just was seeking some advice. Me and my spouse, um, he had left the home early, was well, September 2019, and um, he had got involved with someone else. But in November of 2019, he had um, came back home and was still seeing the other person for a couple months. Um, I did snoop some and found out some things that he was still talking to her, and I confronted him in the, I guess in the of my emotions of hurt from um, finding out that he was still seeing her. And I just asked him to leave the home, and he left. And a few days later, he was back with her. And I haven't really reached out to him. Um, it's been two months now. He left in March. And I haven't been calling or reaching out to him. So I don't know if I should start reaching out to him or just leave it alone. He has reached out some to me, but not as far as talking about um, working on our gotcha. marriage. Yes, gotcha. Misty, by any chance, have you heard us talk about smart contact? I have heard it. Um, okay. I did it when he came back. I did it for a couple of months, but I, I snooped, and that's what led to this. 
Well, you know, welcome to the human race, Misty. <laughs> None of us does it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Not not one of us, okay? And it doesn't do you mm-hmm. any good to beat yourself up for something you didn't do the best way you should have done it. Uh, I'd like to give you a gift. If you don't already have it, I want to give you our Smart Contact Toolkit. Do you have that many chance? No. Okay. They'll, they'll, uh, our crew is listening. They'll be writing down your telephone number right now. And I want to give you that. It's called a Smart Contact Tool Toolkit. It's a, it's about mm, an hour and a half of videos, broken up into shorter videos, but about an hour and a half altogether. And it'll guide you through more about, okay, should I reach out to him? Should I do this? Should I do that? I can explain a lot more about that in the hour and a half of that small uh, of that Smart Contact Toolkit than I can here. And so if you'll allow me, I'll mm-hmm. just give you that as a gift from me. And, and they'll be calling okay. you about that. And then if after you go through that, if you have further questions, then call me back, okay? Okay. All right. Thank All you. All right. Thank, thank you, Misty. That'll be coming up to you soon. Okay. All right. And okay. now we're going to go to Newfoundland. Let's see, I, uh, let's see if I can do this right here. Okay. We're going to go to Newfoundland, and we're going to talk to Laura up there. Laura, how are you today? I'm good. How are you today? I'm doing quite well. How may I help you, my friend? Well, um, I've been listening to you online to try to with my situation, and some days I feel like I'm doing well, and then other days I just crash. Um, My husband left me in November of 2019. Um, He's left before about five times for a month at a time, and then two months at a time, and then he'd come back. And this time he left in November, he took everything. Um, He said that our personalities don't go well together. Um, The last three years, he's been living here with me as a roommate. And then I found um, a couple of receipts proving that he bought flowers and jewelry for someone. I didn't confront him. Um, He was quite angry. Um, I was what they call the perfect wife the the people pleaser and um i guess it just wasn't enough for him and um he left in november and then for the past two weeks he's been texting me here and there how's it going what's new kind of stuff like that and then we had a talk on the weekend and was just basically he blames me for um being too excitable, being too pleasing, um, not being thin enough. And he's, he needs time to think if he wants uh, a divorce, but so far he does. And I've been crushed by the whole thing. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. May I ask a couple of questions <laughs> about his personality? Since, since he says mm-hmm. you guys are different personalities, which of the two would be more likely on a, a person that makes decisions rapidly or a person who really processed it before he makes a decision? Um, I would say he, he thinks everything out before I do. Mm-hmm. Um, his personality is much stronger. So he's very analytical. Pardon? Is that correct? Very analytical. Yeah, very. Okay. And and when it comes to uh, expressing his opinion of will, is he pretty powerful in that, or is he kind of laid back when he does that? No, he's powerful. Okay. All right. Now, obviously, I, I can't assess everything from those few questions I just asked, but it gave me an idea about what he is like. And you, as you describe yourself, you're the people pleaser. You love people. You care about people. Loyalty is important to you. Yeah. Okay. Well, he is right in the sense that you're absolute opposites. There's no doubt about that. But that doesn't mean the relationship can't work. You understand that when people are absolute opposites, and you two are, based on what you've described, you are, it, it, you have to approach things a little bit differently. In other words, you can't okay. just always just be you and him always be him, just be him. So this is right. actually salvageable. So if you would ask that profound young man, look, since, you know, you think you want a divorce, why don't we do this thing with, you know, Dr. Beam's outfit down there? Because they can help us think through our personality differences, okay? If if mm-hmm. you can afford it, I would recommend that you come to the entire workshop. If not, I have I've, a specific... I've done that, Dr. Beam. You did that? He what did he say? To, 
Yeah, absolutely not. I will not see anybody, talk to anybody. I, I will not seek help. This, this mm-hmm. is if I can figure things out on my own. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that. We, we also have a coach. If ever he opens up, we have a coach who's very, very well trained in his personality differences. We have several coaches, but this guy has more training in that area. Laura, if, if, uh, what do you want to do? You're just going to wait till he makes the decision? No, I want to. I want to be able to feel strong, and I want to be able to um, not, you know, fall like fall to pieces every time he says it's over. And then, you know, I think, okay, well, you know, my marriage is over after all these years, and and you know, we've gone through a lot. He had cancer. I nursed him through that, and mm-hmm. and he's fine now. But you know, it's like. We're, we're in our early 50s and it's not that easy to start over but he just seems mm. like he, you know unless these past few weeks he's reached out more than he has ever and I'm not sure how to handle this or what to do right well let me give you one present that may help I'll, I can give you one of our one coaching session uh, that I'll pay for and I have a specific coach in mind that I want you to talk to. Do you have a client representative with us by any chance? Um, I get emails from Kimberly. Okay. Kimberly's our CEO. We all work for her. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, okay. Then no, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, all right. We're going to jot down your number here and okay. I'm going to have somebody call you back and I'm going to give you a, a free session on, well, free for you. I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to pay for a session oh. with one of our coaches uh, because I, and, and how, what you want, I'll ask you to talk to him about when you get this session is talk to him about personalities and how your personalities differ. And I think we can give you some insight in figuring out where to go from here or how to deal with this based on that. So will you allow me to give you that gift? Thank you. Yes. Okay. You're so very much. welcome. Thank you. Some, somebody will be calling you today. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Dr. We're gonna, you're very welcome. And then we're going to go to another Canada over here and Monica in Canada. How may we help you today? Uh, hello, Dr. Beam. Thanks for taking hello. my call. You're very welcome. Uh, so my, I'm just going to explain my situation here. I and my husband are separated. Uh, we were married for 17 years. Um, he left the house about six months ago, and he lives in a place uh, a few blocks from our house and comes three times per week to see my son. Um, I know that he's seeing uh, another woman, but he denies it, and they started seeing each other about nine months ago. Um, he doesn't want a divorce at this time, but he doesn't show any interest in coming back as well, and um, we had a rough year last year. We did some renovation. He had to pass the board exam, medical exam that he failed for third time. And we're trying for the second baby that he was not happening and all of that. So um, I have been working uh, on my pies. Um, uh, I'm, I was like before, I was very angry, uh, verbally abusive toward him. Uh, I know that. And uh, maybe a little bit depressed because all the all the things that were going on. Uh, so I'm much better now, uh, thanks to you and Kimberly and Pius University. <laughs> uh, my Thank question you. is that should I ask him to, like, should I, like, you know, ask him to talk about the affair? Like, should I ask him to end that? Ask How do you think to, he'll like, respond you know, if you do? What, what do you think he will do if you ask? He will, I actually ask him, <laughs> and he okay. just keeps saying that it's not my, it's not, my business it's none of my business and it i so he refuses he, he to talk doesn't to you. Need, yes he does he thinks that it i sh, like it's i shouldn't ask him that and he doesn't want to talk hmm. about it so my question is that just should i just leave it like leave leave and wait for him to show some interest or should i like you know insist on going to counseling on you know encourage him to and to talk you more insisted. If you insisted on going to a counselor, would he go? No. He's okay. actually um, uh, he's actually a psychologist and stuff. So, uh, uh, so he thinks that he knows everything. So, and yeah. nobody can help him. <laughs> hey, trust me, 
trust me, you know, because I have a PhD, I'm a doctor, I get to teach a lot of people with a lot of degrees. And it's amazing how sometimes people who, well, I'm not going to get off on that, but I understand. Okay, I understand. So what are you asking, Monica, is should I do this? And then when I ask you about it, you say, no, he won't. And then you say, should I do that? And when I ask you about that, you say, no, he won't. So it kind of sounds like that you don't have an option to do it unless you just want to keep butting your head against the proverbial wall. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> My heart breaks for you, Monica. You sound like such a wonderful person. I hope and pray the man comes to his senses. You you don't have to be the person that has to wait on everything he does. You can make decisions about your life. Just like you've been working on the pies, you can make decisions about your life. But I do suggest, my friend, that rather than continually hitting your head against that wall, because that doesn't do him any good, it doesn't do you any good, it doesn't do the relationship any good, and I I would just hate for you to hurt any more than you do already. Well, we are at the end of our hour. Thank you guys for coming in on a special day. Sorry for the problems that we couldn't talk yesterday, but hopefully we've worked those out and we'll be with you on Monday, beginning at 1230 Central Time. Until then, it's Dr. Joe Beam wishing you a good life.